Hello, hello, and welcome. You are listening to The Spiritual Exercises. I'm Rachel Amaday. Thank you for being here today. Uh, This is a place where we ask tough questions. We don't always get to all the answers. And actually, today's subject matter is a place where I don't have all of the answers at all. I'm asking some tough questions. I'm giving you my thoughts just as maybe a starter place for you to start thinking about this because I think the church in America and in the West has not fully considered all of the ramifications of how we use technology now and what the church is doing with that technology and where we're headed. And we need to ask really good questions so that we can answer them when some of the tougher things that I think have already been coming to pass and will come to pass when they hit us in the face. We need to be ready with the answers and also with the alternatives and with some of the truth. We need to know where we're lacking in wh- how we're using technology and you know what the what the actual benefits are, what the ramifications are in doing ministry through technological means. I've been learning a lot about this lately and I have lots of different reasons for it. I've been particularly interested, I'm, I'm always interested in science and scientific advancement and so I talk about science a lot, and I think our ability to observe the universe and observe what God has made and how it works can help us actually answer some of the big questions that we have about today, but also, and more importantly, when you go to scripture, can you see there what things are aligned with God and what things aren't? And so we're going to talk uh, more about the questions, although I, I think I pretend to have some answers in here, but believe me, I, I promise you this discussion today does not mean I have any answers. And I'm going to kind of relate some of my discussion to how the church has actually treated its holidays. (laughs) And I know you're probably thinking, how in the world are we going to get into all of that? But you'll see here, um, hopefully I make some of those connections for you and help you understand how the church can sometimes jump into things without thinking. And we haven't actually done our research. We haven't actually thought it through. But God has. God knows. And so the very first place we need to go is to the Lord and to Scripture. And I am trying to do that right now with all of these issues, especially with the ministry that I do. I use technology to get this word out. And so I'm a huge fan of doing that. Um, But what else are we doing with technology that might not work the way that we hope and actually might be a way for the enemy to come in and usurp even more of the church's authority on earth more than he's already usurped because I felt like he's usurped a lot. Um, So you're going to have to hang on with me through this episode to see the connections I'm making, but I promise I'm going to get you something you may not have considered. And we need to do this as we enter more and more into technologically built worlds and man-made universes and gaming and everything else. There really are theological and physiological questions we need to be asking Like I said, the answers are a bit murky for me, but um, we can at least start having the conversation and start thinking about it. And it really is time. We need to ask some questions because like it or not, our children may have to deal with full immersion into fully man-made universes that are not made to look like a shadow of heavenly heavenly things like our earth is, but a shadow of man-made visions. 
Facebook and Instagram and the metaverse and all these creators cannot make these spaces like God made the earth because Number one, they aren't God, okay? And as much as we would like to think we can achieve shadows of heaven in our own technological imaginations, I'm not certain we know enough about heaven to do what our creator has done with the actual creation. And we know this because we can't even make a blade of grass. I know what we're going after right now is AI and, you know, there are crazy stories from all over the world about how far that technology has advanced and it's terrifying. Um, So they're making really, really intelligent things. But are they making things that can reproduce in their own image? Just like God made it the very first, in the very first six days of creation? Can they reproduce after their own kind? It's possible. It's possible a computer can create another computer, but is that alive? These things are really interesting questions, right, to ask. And so we've got to be careful. Are we trying to be God in what we're doing? And do we think that the world that he gave us and the universe that he gave us is not enough? What, What is motivating some of this, right? I do know it, it, there have been people in meetings with, um, you know, very powerful people in technology and in pharmaceuticals and people who think they run the world. And these folks who've come out of these meetings have testified that these very powerful people absolutely have a God complex. They think they're like God. They think they are God. They think they can control people. They've been pretty good at that, haven't they? But they, you know, they think they have full control. And so I don't know how that doesn't get into the technology that we use. Um, I heard a very smart man who built computers and 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 uh, went into ministry, but knew a lot about the very beginning of the internet and computers. And he said, we, we like to think that the internet and these technological um, tools are simply, um, they are neutral. They're just tools. And he said, you have to understand they are absolutely not neutral. They have a bias, and they are biased towards the mind that created them. Interestingly, don't we find that God said that mankind is made in his image? We are biased in in the image of our creator. Of course, what we create has a bias to our own minds and our own image, right? And so these people with a God complex that are creating technological worlds for you to live in, those are not tools that are neutral tools. They're not. In the algorithms and in the creative space that they're made in, they are biased towards what their creator believes and thinks. And so we need to stop believing the lie that the internet is neutral. When you look at how it's actually used in the large-scale use of things like pornography and trafficking and all those sorts of things, you start to realize it's actually really not neutral. Just like Facebook isn't neutral. We found this out Facebook and Twitter and, you know, these companies downgrade certain posts and they downgrade certain things these are not neutral tools and what we're heading into will not be neutral either. So let's get into this a little bit. Um, I'm not certain, like I said, we know enough about God to be recreating universes in a way that would be as effective at communicating his word as the universe he already created. You know, God in the Bible made it clear that we can see how heaven operates by observing a field. 
And the field, in the field, is this long, painful process of digging and sweating and planting and growing and watching other things grow that we didn't plant. And there's the experience of tasting the fruit that we've sown and how different each batch tastes based on the nutrients in our soil and the temperature and the altitude we're at and the love we put into it. The feel of the soil in your hands and all those tiny creatures that live in it and bring life to it. There's all of this detail that ha- that puts you in an integrated full body, mind, and spirit experience just by going into your backyard, just by entering a field. All of those things are there. They are shadows of the spiritual world. And what about the cool of the breeze and the smell of trees and the silkiness of flower petals and the taste of a ripe peach or the touch of another human being? These are all experiences that are not possible in an online foray. What is possible is a quick and often overwhelmingly visual and auditory experience that will allow us to travel places at light, you know, warp speed. We could see locations we may never get to actually visit, but also see locations that never existed, actually, and don't exist in real space and time, and meet people who may or may not be real in a way that allows total anonymity and zero accountability. For example, oftentimes, the man you meet online may actually be a teenage girl or vice versa. The woman you meet online may be a boy. This, you know gorgeous woman you think you met somewhere on Twitter or whatever may be produced in a bot farm in China. So I'm not sure how long or how these how these technological advancements are regulated, but you know there are always going to be those who will find a way around it to deceive and manipulate it. That's always happening, right? Now, like the metaverse, which is something I'm learning a lot about right now, which is this upcoming virtual, these virtual places that you can go and have a, a, a much more real life experience. Um, and it's meant to be immersive. Okay. So there's this technology that allows you to do that now. In fact, um, there's technology that will allow you to visit other locations that exist in the world and there are replications of those things and you can learn a lot and go and see them. And it's a really interesting concept, right? And you use headsets and VR technology to have this experience. Now, many companies are working towards what is called a mixed experience where augmented technological advancements are put into the real world experience of people. So, for example, glasses that overlay directions or information onto the real world road or street you're walking down. I'm telling you, this stuff is being looked at, studied, invested in right now. The dreams of these tech gurus working towards these experiences are really deep and really involved. And it's a dream of people, an entire society, that is always using that technology. A group of people on the planet who may never feel the need to leave the internet or metaverse or the technical upgrade ever. They can have those glasses on or a computer chip put in their brain so they can have a technological overlay of absolutely every stinking thing they're experiencing. And we're getting to a place here where <clears throat> I have other questions too that I wasn't intending on asking today, like when do you have room for the Holy Spirit to speak to you? But that's for another day. Okay, so now let's do 
a quick discussion about this other topic that I'm pulling into this discussion today, the holidays that believers usually celebrate right now, Christmas and Easter. And you already know a lot about these if you've lived in the West for any amount of time. So although there are some major cultural differences that do exist in how we celebrate this stuff, these are the common major religious holidays of Christianity, but they're also secular uh, holidays, right? So everyone is celebrating these. Most believers agree that Christmas and Easter can happen without presents, though, right? Or really any physical act whatsoever. It's just a simple recognition of the day that Christ was born, and maybe you sing some songs, but all that's really needed is that recognition. Now, you all probably know already, I don't celebrate these two holidays. They're not commanded in Scripture, given their past. I don't believe that we can commit to God or Christianize things that God did not ask for um, that belonged to satanic principalities. But if you're interested in the history of these things and why someone like me chooses differently, I have great content to send you. So please reach out to me. I'd love for you to get your hands on that content. But I think that the two major holidays that we celebrate would be pretty easy to celebrate in just an online experience. You could go celebrate these things with people on Facebook, and you could do it in the metaverse, and you could just do it online, right? You could sing sing the songs, listen to the songs, have some discussions with people, read some Bible verses, pretty simply uh, celebrated online. Uh, And, you know, all said and done, the holidays wouldn't necessarily be missing a lot other than the traditional food, okay, if you wanted to celebrate them online. And you're not commanded. There's no place in scripture that commands you to celebrate these holidays. So there's obviously no food commanded around it or anything else. So you can do whatever you want with them, right? So if you're looking to build a church in the metaverse or online, and Christmas and Easter are the main holidays you celebrate, and you've already taken care of what whatever you're doing with water baptism, you know, which you're not having it if you're online, right? But, you know, if you wanted to have a church online, the main holidays that we celebrate aren't going to get in the way. You know, the the church in the metaverse is theologically not a problem in that regard. Why is this important? Well, I'm trying to answer the question, is online church really enough to qualify as fully church? And I've been thinking about this one for a long time. I think it's an important question because we have moved with COVID into this idea that just going to church online is enough. I really think people are, are moving into that, that philosophy. And <clears throat> it wasn't nearly as prevalent before COVID. Now, you know, every church went up online because they wanted to provide the services to people. I participated in that. I wanted people to still have access to um, as much access as we could give them to the community. The the problem, what we really should have done is just kept the church open. That was the mistake we made by not going to the Lord and asking him what was really going on and getting his wisdom. Instead, we went online. I'm not sure that's been a benefit. I'm not, I know a lot of churches closed their doors. I know a lot of people that online experience isn't enough. And we're going to talk about that here in a second, but let's talk about the biblical holidays and how many of them are celebrated. So the holidays God commanded us to celebrate are in Leviticus 23. And in there, you've got holidays like Passover and Sukkot and even the Sabbath. These things, at least with the Sabbath, imply and with Passover and Sukkot require full body integration. 
Passover requires that you rid your home of leaven and you stop eating leaven for an entire week. In Numbers 9-11, we're told to eat unleavened bread and bitter herbs as a part of our Passover observance, okay, in the, in the presence of other people. So it's pretty hard to eat food with a VR headset on your face, Um, and really a shared food experience means you're having the same food with each other. Okay. So I suppose you could set up your own table by yourself and be online, but that's not really a shared experience, right? That is still an isolated experience. You're still not sharing the same food in the same location with other people. Okay. But the, the holiday itself, just within the holiday, there's fully integrated physical experience. Okay. During Sukkot, you're supposed to be outside. That puts a real damper on some of the technological use, number one. You're supposed to be in temporary dwellings. Okay, you're not going to have electricity in your temporary dwelling. So some of you might, but most people won't. So that's going to put a damper on it. You're going to be in like tents or four-walled creations that leave the top open so you can see the stars. You're going to decorate the dwellings and you're going to eat in them for the week. You wave a lulav during one of these celebrations, um, which is these four branches of these different types of plants. Um, And all of these physical actions have spiritual principles behind them and tell our story. Okay, so there is physical integration that you can't get online. You have to get out of your house to go buy the food for Passover, you have to get out of your house to build. You And you're probably not going to be online while you're building your physical tent, right? So there is a disconnection, actually, that is required for you to celebrate these feast days. At all of the festivals, a shofar is blown. Uh, so you have your... Um, the sense of hearing involved, your sense of taste. You're going to have a sense of smell of all the different things you're cooking or putting together, Um, the lemony, citrusy um, aspect of the lulav, all of those things. You've got the physical aspect, the cool of the breeze on the September, October nights during Sukkot. Um, You have a fully, full body, mind, and spirit experience in the, the commanded holidays of God because he commands those full body experiences in those holidays. Not to mention it's you're called to be in community during these holidays. This is social. Okay. These are social gatherings in the physical presence of other people. And science is telling us physical presence has no sufficient replacement just yet in the technological sphere. Physical presence has been studied scientifically, and there are frequencies that humans emit that cannot be experienced through technological means because we're not robots. The human part of us separates us from all that our own hands have created. We also have communion with the things that God has created when we get outside of our homes and into nature. Our bodies actually communicate with the trees, and the trees communicate in return. So in fact, studies have shown that immersing yourself in a forest provides health benefits that include boosting the immune system, lowering blood pressure, reducing stress, improving mood, and the list goes on. I even saw a study a few years ago that 
basically showed that when there's chemical interference or um, you know some sort of biological interference in a grouping of trees, the trees will all emit different types of chemicals and different types of things to combat what's happening in their environment. They're incredibly responsive. And, and so they're made, and God said, they're made for us. They bring health. There have literally been no studies that I have seen that have shown health benefits of being on social media. In fact, the opposite is true. Most studies are showing that they it increases depression, it increases isolation, it increases your ability to go ahead and just get fat because you're sitting on your bum usually when you're using it. it these are not healthful interactions, not like getting out into nature. Now, imagine if trees can do that for humans. Imagine what a hug from another human can do. Paul tells the church to greet each other with a holy kiss. Okay, so now I'm not really the kissing type when it comes to the general population, but hugging others does have unique benefits. For one, hugs reduce stress. According to study after study, hugs may improve heart health and immune health. They calm fear, and they are perceived by therapists as an essential for mental health. And we know babies that are not touched, they die. Just holding a child can sustain its life. This is not something you can get at a church online. God knew how important human interaction is for our health and the heartbeat of not just our bodies, but our societies. At many churches, the entire heartbeat of the community happens after service at a lunch that's shared with one another. And I attend churches that have these group lunches. I know the magic of a shared meal. God's holidays reflect a blessing that meets those physical needs. Unlike the requirements of the man-made holidays we observe, which by the way, again, they're observed differently by any family you speak to because God doesn't tell you to observe them. So there's no way, there's no list of things you must do with them, right? Everybody does Christmas and Easter differently. Unlike the requirements of those holidays, God actually requires communal interaction on his days. And there is a physical meeting of the body and mind that science has proven is a necessary part of just being a healthy human. But God knew this because he's smarter than we are, right? So he put these community events as part of celebrating him and who he is and as part of loving on each other and taking care of each other and having communion with each other. Because of these requirements, a church that's built solely online violates too many of the principles of church community to be promoted as the only church community a person should engage in. Theologically, the metaverse or online church cannot exist by itself. In addition, we need to carefully question the holidays we're celebrating in exchange for the ones we're commanded to celebrate. Can we Christianize everything we want to, no matter its past, no matter who created it, no matter what evil has used it for? Can we? You know, I previously said I would refrain from hammering y'all about holidays this year. I just become exhausted with the conversation. Um, what I've noticed is it's too emotional for people. It really is. And so this is one of those things that I believe for the for for you, for anyone else listening, in your journey with the Lord, God will ask you eventually. He will say, I want you to do this other thing. And it's going to be uncomfortable, but you need to hear from the Lord on that. And you need to be ready to take that step because what I've noticed is with, with everything in the last few years, this is, there are examples, examples abound of this. 
if people are attached to something and they really love it, you can put all the evidence in the world before them that it's not good or it's not right, and they still won't see it. Because our emotions are unbelievably powerful, and our sentimental attachments are unbelievably powerful. So I don't want to hammer you guys about this. I'd love to send you, like I said, content and information if you want it, if you're ready. If you're ready to know the truth and look under that rock and see what's under there, then then we can dig in. But this year, I don't want to I don't want to hammer too hard. Maybe next year I'll feel differently. Um, but that is not to say I don't believe that the Western Church has made some bad trades in regard to what we celebrate. At a time when repentance and a return to righteousness is required of God's people, I find it strange that so many would rather put their head in the sand and call God's things too difficult. I mean, can I suggest we haven't even seen difficult in this country? How are we actually suffering, really, for the sake of Christ? Are we suffering like the disciples? Probably not. But we may be about to. And if we can't give up the sentimental things for the Lord, are we truly strong enough to give up our very lives? That's a hard question we each have to ask ourselves. If there's something sitting on the throne that you're not willing to take a good look at, are you really willing? Are you really ready to follow Jesus? Because he kind of asks you to give up everything. So <clears throat> it's important that we ask these difficult questions of ourselves first, right? I have my own uh struggles and places where I go, let's make sure that's not on the throne, that can't be on the throne. So maybe yours is Christmas and Easter. We can talk about that later, (laughs) okay? And I hope we never have to give up our lives. I really do. I don't think, you know, God loves life. He wants you to live a long, prosperous life with him, right? I hope you and I can continue to experience all the blessings of a country that I really believe God assisted in setting up and a country that God has blessed. I don't know about y'all, but I've noticed there is a spirit that has been unleashed against America and the people of God here. And so we need to wake up because the only way that stuff goes away is in full repentance and return to the Lord. You got to shut the door on those things. We open the door. The door's got to be shut. And you can't shut the door when you need it open a crack for your own pagan beliefs. Okay. Back to my point, man made anything cannot compare to what God has made. Whether it's a man made holiday or whether it's the technology that we 